Welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. And if you're wondering what a mystical business owner is, well, if you work as a tarot card reader like myself, or if you're an astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, you know, if there's any kind of spiritual or mystical art that's part of your profession, we are talking to you. My name is Teresa, and my lovely co-host, where are you? Hey, everyone. I'm Bree. So we have both been self-employed sacred artists running our own businesses for decades upon decades. We know exactly what goes into running a successful business, and we know how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. So we do this show together once a month because we love sharing the business strategies that we've learned over the years, and we love seeing our fellow mystics thrive and succeed. And in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle different topics. And this year, we're talking a lot about books because we both are, we both have books coming out. So a lot of our fellow mystical and sacred artist people are really into getting their own books out. So we're hoping that this focus on books is going to be a big help to you guys. And what we're talking about today is hitting the road, book tours. So thanks for listening. We're going to get this show started. And I want to start out by saying that I think book tours are a great idea. And you know, Bree, when I um, did a book tour for uh, the uh, tarot coloring book, you know, there were some people who said, well, it's not smart because, you know, it's expensive, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. So I want to hear your thoughts on why you think book tours might be a good idea. And then I'll tell you mine. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I hear the echo. Do you hear that, Tracy? It got really weird suddenly. It did. Okay. Now it's gone. All right. So, as we were saying before we were interrupted, I love the idea of book tours because they allow you to go out and to meet your people. So especially like Teresa, you and I both have online businesses, right? We don't, neither of us have a brick and mortar storefront. Um, and I haven't done in-person work in years. And so I think that the opportunity to really go out, um, go to different parts of the country and meet your people, meet your, the people who subscribe to your newsletters, the people who, you know, love to attend any classes that you do or live streams that you do. And, of course, the people who are so excited to buy your book. Like, it's so wonderful to be able to meet face-to-face and have that interaction. And another thing that I love about book tours is that it gives you an opportunity to, you know, present your book in different ways. So you can do you know, a talk about your book and then a signing, or you can create a class based around the content of your book and you can teach that. So I think it's neat that you get to meet people and I think it's neat that you get to present your book in in different ways and, you know, work with the material in the book in, in different formats. So I love both of those aspects. What about you? What do you love about them? Well, that, that's, you know, you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. I think it's the opportunity to really get up close with people uh, and connect with them. 
and, you know, really get to talk about the book and share your knowledge, share your wisdom. I think all of that is so, so wonderful to do. You know, um, one of the things that I found with the tarot coloring book, like, for example, I went to Cincinnati because I thought, you know, not many people go to Ohio. Let me go to Ohio. And I had a really nice turnout of the most lovely people. And, you know, we all ended up becoming Facebook friends. And, you know, it's just I love that. I love, love, love the connecting with people in that way. So I think book tours are a great way to, first of all, spread the word about your book, but also to really connect with the people who are, you know, fans or students or people who may even want to, you know, they're curious about the work you're doing and and they may want to get a little taste. So I think for the people thing, it's just the smartest thing you can do. And, you know, what better way than to get your book out there than to be seen with your book? Totally, absolutely. So what are some of the things that people should consider when embarking on a book tour? Like what what is the what's the checklist that people kind of need to have in their back pocket as they start this process? The number one thing is your budget. Because book tours yeah. are expensive. You know, and so that that's going to be the the, the number one thing. Well, you know, I'll ask you some questions what you think about that too. But um, that's the first thing. The next thing is you have to be strategic, and you want to think about well, where am I going to go? And now, when I talk about being strategic, it might be that you may want to go to, you know, a city that's convenient for you, or maybe a place where you have a large fan base, you know, or maybe what you might want to consider is where's a place that, like I thought for Cincinnati, I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm going to Cincinnati. Not many people go there, so really think about where you go. What makes the most sense for you? Um, you know, if you can find places also where you know people. Uh, maybe you can perhaps like crash on their couch or uh, they can show you around town. That's also another thing that you might want to consider doing. I also recommend that you kind of bunch places together. So that way, you know, like let's say you want to do the Midwest, which is one of the things I'm planning. Um, you know, you might want to say, okay, let me hit Milwaukee, let me hit Chicago, let me hit Detroit. Let me hit Minneapolis. And then bunch them all together and then you can, you know, hit one one after the other, and be really uh, strategic, really efficient. So that's another thing I recommend. Um, Also be aware of your capacity. Now, not everybody Mm -hmm. is meant to be out there on the damn road. You know, for some people, if you have, for example, a health issue, you may find that this isn't going to be something that makes sense for you. You might be smarter than doing something in your town, maybe doing more online things, and then maybe doing one or two appearances you know, based on what's going to feel right for you. So you really want to think about those things, your budget, um, what cities make the most sense, a strategy and making sure that you're, you know, being as efficient as possible, and you want to be aware of your capacity. I think those are the really big things you really want to be aware of. What about you? Are there things you think people should be thinking of before they embark on a book tour? Uh, I mean, I think that you really covered all of the ground. You know, something also to think about are uh, the the logistics of transportation. Um, yeah. You know, if you're going to rent a car, that is going to obviously, like, add a lot of expense. If you're driving your own car, then you need to factor in into your budget, you know, the maintenance on your car as well as gas, of course. 
Um, and, and, you know, look at one of the things that I've been doing as I've been planning my book tour is looking at the various places, lodging-wise, that are close to where I'm staying so that I'm not having to drive across town, right? Mm. I can just, like, walk from the venue where I'm doing an event for the book right back into my hotel room. So, like, little things like that often fall through the cracks, but they can make a huge difference in the amount, you know, in, in the overall experience that you have. And another thing that I've learned from teaching at retreats and traveling is that many people, when you get back home after doing your event or the series of events, you should have a couple of days where you don't have anything on your book. Mm-hmm. No big appointments, no big work commitments, just a couple of days where, like, you can rest, you can go buy groceries because there's nothing in your fridge, you can do your laundry, like, you know, just give yourself a couple of days before you dive back into business as yeah. usual. I think that that is such a forgiving and kind thing to do for your body. The other thing, too, that people might want to think about is having help, you know, so like an assistant. Yeah. Now, for me, when I fly, I don't need an assistant. I just do my own darn thing. But when I'm doing like a, a road trip where I'm driving, I always make my husband go with me because, first of all, I don't like driving in strange cities. I get really, you know, wigged out by it. I'm a better navigator than I'm a driver for those things. So having him along to do the driving, to make sure I get from point A to point B, really helps and it makes it a lot less lonely i think going you know by yourself if you're on the road driving is lonely as hell so that's just my thoughts yeah you know along those lines i know that in when when i was scheduling my book tour in the bay area you know we decided to bring the kids with us and to actually make a vacation of it so yeah. because I didn't want to leave them, I didn't want to be, especially from the baby, I didn't want to be away for that long. And there's a lot of really awesome educational things in that part of the country. So we made a whole family vacation of it. So, you know, you you can think outside of the box when it comes to traveling for your book tours. Absolutely. Yeah, I think all of that is really smart. Uh, and, and, you know, speaking, we I mentioned uh, briefly budgeting, and I think, you know, you – because you do have a family, you really have to think a lot about your budget, especially if you're traveling with, you know, your kids and stuff. But, you know, even if you're not, budgeting is so important. You know, unless you're super famous, publishing houses do not provide you with a lot of money for book tours. They usually don't provide you with anything. So that money comes out of your pocket. So let's talk about budgeting. And, again, you're thinking about traveling with kids, I mean, this is really expensive. How do you factor in your budget? What are your tips around budgeting? So, you know, this is this is a really good question. And for me, because I am, I do travel with kids a lot of the time, um, you know, my budget, it does, it, it can get, it can get, the outlay can be pretty significant for stuff like this. So I think you need to think about book tours in two different ways. And they're a little bit uh, in opposition to one another. So the first is that a book tour is not necessarily, in fact, I would say it probably almost never is going to be a good short-term investment, by which I mean you are not going to go on a book tour and do a workshop and sell enough tickets to cover 100% of the cost of your travel plus, you know, extra profit um, 
in most cases. Like, again, maybe if you're super, super famous or maybe if it's like a, you know, several day long workshop that has a higher price point, that could happen. But in Mm -hmm. most cases, that is not going to happen. So going into a book tour and thinking that, you know, you're going to sell enough books or you're going to sell enough, like, workshop or class tickets to offset the cost of the travel and the lodging and the food um, is, is not very realistic. Now, with that said, there are certainly things that you can do to help offset those costs. One of the things that I do in every city that I go to when I am uh, touring for my book, for Making Magic, I got in touch with the bookstore that was hosting the talk and the signing, and I asked if I could do a workshop. So that created that, and, and I've been told yes pretty much everywhere I've gone. So creating a workshop has allowed me to make some revenue off of the trip, right? And then mm-hmm. the other thing that I've done is I've given myself a couple of extra days, and I have asked the various venues that I'm at if they have space for private readings. And in my case, because I do ritual work, private ritual work for people. So that's a really, if you're a reader, if you do any kind of service, you know, if you're a tarot reader in astrology, if you're a Reiki healer, if you're a palmist, like anything where you can offer a face-to-face service, um, you know, often the venues that you'll be at will have private rooms that you can either rent or that they will take, you know, they'll take a percentage of, of whatever you make. And in some cases, places will even book appointments for you. So mm-hmm. that's something to really look at, too, because, you know, I don't offer in-person work. And even if I did offer in-person work, it would only be available to people that are, like, in San Antonio, Texas. But when I go to the Bay Area, I have a bunch of clients in the Bay Area that would love to work with me one-on-one. Same thing for New York. Same thing, I'm sure, for you, Teresa, in the Midwest. So, you know, that is a win-win because it gives people an opportunity to work with you face-to-face, voice-to-voice, which is so special. And it allows you to offset some of your costs. So I think you definitely need a budget. And then you need to think about the ways that you're going to offset those costs. You know, if you don't want to do it during the tour, maybe you have a class or maybe you have an online uh, book-related event that does have a ticket price that you're going to use to offset some of your travel costs. But you definitely want to think about that. The long-term investment of traveling for your book, I don't think, can be overstated. Um, right. My experience of doing workshops and in-person events is that while there is that initial outlay of cash, the client relationships that you develop, and often the, the things that clients will then turn around and buy from you um, will definitely offset whatever you put down. So it's a long-term investment, and I think if you look at it that way, you're in good shape. What do you think, Teresa? I mean, you've done more book touring than I have, so what's your experience around this? Well, you know, um, first of all, you're probably – one of the things that people are going to know is that you're probably going to end up with a tax write-off. <laughs> so because it's it's rare that you go somewhere and that you're making more than you're spending. So I think that's really important for people to know. It's really rare. Um, you know, usually you're going to have some expenses because you're paying for, you know, the travel, the hotel, your food, um, unless you're, again, staying with friends or anything like that. And depending on the classes, you don't know. There might be classes where 
you've got tons of people there, maybe not, and you you may end up, you know, having like you're you're breaking even at best. So I think it's very important right. for people to realize that, not to like come into it thinking, oh my God, I'm going to make all this money, and you know, really be realistic. It may not happen. I mean, for me. Uh, it was mostly breaking even or coming away with some expense afterwards, even with sold-out classes because hotels and stuff are expensive. So, mm-hmm. so you know, one of the things I want to ask you this, what do you think, and I've noticed a trend, that some people, they'll have like a book signing uh, or a book launch and they charge people to show up. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. So I actually talked with my publisher about this um, when I was setting up, my events, because I had no clue what, like, the industry standard was, you know, and, and what made sense. And so the industry standard with, you know, professional publishing houses, mainstream publishers, is that you go in and you do your science. You have a talk around your book or you have a reading that you take directly from your book and you do a signing, and that event should be free, and then if you want to if you want to you know create a workshop or something like that then you can charge for that and what you charge for your workshop or your class or your training or whatever it ends up being you are you're go- that's going to be something that you know in part is determined by you know, your material and how long you're doing and what all you're providing. But it's also going to be partially determined by the different venues that you're at. So, like, I've talked with venues that are like, you know, we never charge more than $150 per person for a workshop. So, so you know, you need to take that into account, too. But that's a really good question. And, you know, Teresa, it brings up a question for me, which is, how do you even set up appearances in classes? Like, how, you know, we're, we're talking about, like, you're in – these places, but how do you how do you get in? Like, what what's your advice around setting yourself up for a signing, a talk, a workshop in the first place? Well, you know, first of all, you should have an idea about um, what you want to teach, and it should be something based around your book. You know, for example, uh, for Tarot for Troubled Times, uh, what I'm doing is I'm teaching classes this year all about shadow work. Because a lot of what Tarot and Troubled Times is about is about healing, it's about shadow work, it's about activism, you know, dealing with the world shadow and your own shadow. So a lot of my classes are focused on, okay, we are going to be teaching something around shadow work. So the first thing you want to think about is what is going to be my class? Then the next thing is you've got to find the appropriate venues that are going to be willing to host you. Now, a lot of independent bookstores or metaphysical stores are going to be more than happy to have somebody come in out of town to teach because that's really a win-win for them. You know, they can charge, they can make money for it, they can get their local community fired up. So, you know, you really want to think about what are some places that are going to make sense, that might be welcoming, um, that are going to maybe be a good venue that could host plenty of people. Uh, maybe they're going to make plenty of money. So you really want to think about that. Uh, and then the next thing is, you know, you got to reach out. And I usually recommend sending out an email, like just pitching your class, letting them know, hey, I'm going to be in town as part of my book tour. I would love to come and teach a class. This is the class I propose. And, you know, what are your policies around it? And also, by the way, a lot of these bookstores will have a page talking about their events. 
like, for example, New Renaissance Bookstore in Portland, Oregon, which I've taught at, uh, this will be my third year there. Well, wait, is it my third or fourth? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> but, you know, now I have an established relationship with them, but they've got an event page. And so the first time when I reached out to them, I was going to be in Portland for the World Domination Summit, and I was teaching a workshop there. And I thought, you know, let me see if I can, while I'm in town, be strategic and teach another workshop. And so I reached out to them and because they had an event page, and they wrote back and they said we'd be delighted. And from there, then it was just a matter of putting the class together. Uh, same with like, you also, if, you, if you're in the industry long enough, you might know some shop owners. Uh, so, for example, I'm really good friends with Heather Lee Navarre, who runs the Boston Tea Room in Detroit. So that's a no-brainer. It's like, of course I want to go to Detroit. Of course, A, an excuse to hang out with Heather Lee, and B, it's, uh, they've got a really bustling, fabulous metaphysical scene there. And so, you know, that was just like, hey, hey, babe, I'm coming into town. Can you hook me up for a class? Right. You know, so yeah. if you've got friends who run shops, that's great. But if you don't, you have to do what I did with, um, with uh, New Ren. I just went to their site. I saw that they had an events page. I saw that they were, you know, welcomed new presenters. And then I just popped off an email and opened up a dialogue, and we went from that. And, you know, sometimes people are going to contact you, and they're going to want you to come, too. And, like, for example, in Albuquerque, they have this really great tarot meetup group. And, you know, I usually don't go south because, you know, I don't like hot weather. I know. I know. New Mexico, I'm telling you, this Albuquerque tarot meetup scene, these people are fabulous. And I'm friends with uh, the people who run it. And they were like, hey, if you want to come down here, we'd love to host you. And so from there, it was just, again, a matter of working it out. Now, here's another thing that you can do. If you are, again, part of a, you know, like a community, and maybe you've got a lot of people who you're friends with on Facebook or something like that, you might want to put up a little thing saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing a world tour for my book. Where, do, where should I go? That's one of the things I did also with the tarot coloring book. And I had a lot of people then say, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. You know, so that's another way to get people um, helping you out. Like, if you've got a friend in another city, they might be willing to say, let me, let me contact this place I know and see if they'll host you. So reach out to your friends, contact the store directly. If you know store owners, reach out to them, and that's it. Do you have anything else to add, Bree? I think that you covered it. I think you really covered it. The one thing that I will add is sometimes you're, if you're working with a traditional publisher, um, you may have a PR person, you may have an event coordinator person, and they may either be able or willing to reach out to various places for you, right. or they may be able to really help you in reaching out to places. And, you know, the other thing that I would say is, right, and this is a, this is a Venus rule, Libra speaking, is go to places that you want to go to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, go go to parts of the country that you actually will enjoy being in. You know, I knew that for me, for a book tour to really make sense and to work, I needed to feel like every place I was going was a place I actually wanted to go and visit and a place where I, I could add a couple of days and make it, like, a lovely little vacation after doing work. And so... Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that approach. 
Right. And I, I second that thing about going to cities you love because I'm really, really adamant about that. Although Albuquerque, you know, that was the first time I had ever been down there, and I was skeptical, mm-hmm. but I fell in love with Albuquerque. Oh, my God. Albuquerque is awesome. Oh, my God, yeah. the food and the people. And I'm telling you, the tarot people down there are badass. So yeah. uh, for anybody who's listening, if you've got a tarot book coming out, you need to get to Albuquerque. They have just the most fantastic people. But, again, think of where you like to go. That I think that's such brilliant advice. One thing I always tell people is I don't like to go to rural areas. I don't do well mm-hmm. out in the country. That tends to make me really panicky, which sounds kind of nuts. But <laughs> you know, I did have an opportunity to teach at Omega uh, with Mary Greer, Rachel Pollack, and Sasha Graham, and I think uh, Barbara Moore was there too. And I'm there, I always say, if Rachel Pollack and Mary Greer ask me to do anything, I'm going to do whatever these guys tell me to do. And when they said, "Do you want to? Will you come to Omega?" Of course, I said yes to that. And I was very lucky because my friend George Curry lives out there, and George was such a gentleman. He picked me up and uh, got me to the conference, and I discovered it wasn't wasn't as scary as I thought being out in the woods. You know, of course, I had all these <laughs> ideas like, "Oh my God, what if I see a bear or something?" Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> so yeah, but. You might be sometimes pleasantly surprised is what I'm saying is, you know, think of the cities you like, but sometimes keep a little bit of an open mind because you never know. I had the most wonderful magical experiences in Albuquerque and in Omega. So now i got to ask I you something, that. though. I want to come back to something <laughs> because I know, you know, you're taking your kids on some of the places with you, and I think there are a lot of moms and dads, you know, who are listening Maybe they might want to think about that, too. And one of the things I want to ask you about, because my kids are grown, so this is not even something I have to worry about, but how the heck do you do a book tour when you have small kids? I mean, how do you manage it? How do you make this happen while you're still tending to your home fires? I just can't imagine. It's tricky. It's tricky, yeah. No, it is is tricky. And, you know, this was something that my husband and I talked about basically as soon as the book had been written was we we talked about you know do I want to go and you know visit some places to promote the book or is that not the best idea and for those of you who are listening in I have one child who's eight and then I have one who is like a year old right so I've got a baby and then I have an eight-year-old Right. So, you know, I think that basically when you have kids, first of all, you just have to decide, is this even something that makes sense? But let's assume that that you do want to do it. So a couple of things to keep in mind, quality over quantity. Um, If I were left to my own devices, I would be hitting, like, every section of the country and Hawaii because I – totally love traveling and I love meeting people. So like I, you know, I would be doing like a rock and roll tour, but because I have young children, that is not doable at this point in time. So I have been very strategic in the places that I have selected. There are places that I like to go to and there are places where I have a lot of clients. So I've got connections there, right? And so that has been, that's the first thing is, is know that you don't have to do all of the places. Like, 
going to two or three locales where you're definitely going to have good attendance and you want to be there and you're excited is worth more than going to like 20 different places right. um, and just exhausting yourself. The the second thing is, you know, you need to know what your kid's calendar is. You need to know when the best times for traveling are for you. When I looked at my calendar for 2019, it was really clear that I could do something in early June. I could do something in the summer. And then I could do something in October, in early October. And those were really the times that I had available, given what I know, especially about my eight-year-old schedule. So, so that was the other thing. And then, you know, consider if there are any places that you're going that would make a good family vacation experience like I'm I decided to do that with my Bay Area tour in the Bay Area I went to two different uh, bookstores I did two different events and I I packed on about five extra days to that trip so that we could go up and see the Redwoods and we could go see San Francisco where I lived for three years and we could go do some of these neat things. And so that's the other thing, like look at at the places that could actually be great family experiences and then, you know, consider bringing, bringing the kids along, you know, they don't have to be with you when you're doing your actual event. And often the events are scheduled in the evening, which makes it kind of nice. But I, I would say be open to that. I know Barry Tesler, who we've had on Talking Shop before, did that with part of her book tour for her book, The Art of Money. Um, she took her husband and her son with her. And so that can be a really awesome experience as well. Right. So you just have to be open and, again, remember quality over quantity. I think that's really brilliant advice. You know, again, I don't have small kids, so I've got cats. <laughs> and you can't take cats. Which are like small children yeah so yeah uh, but you know that's really great advice so for anyone who is you know got a um, little ones I think they need to really think about that and keep that in mind so I love that advice thank you oh and you know the other thing that I'll just say really quickly on that is if you feel like you can't go on if you can't go anywhere then consider doing a virtual book tour yep and there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Um, and we've had shows this year where we talk about that, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it. So, so look at what you can do online. Now, Teresa, I want to ask you, since you are a veteran of book touring, um, if you had to do your book tour over, what is the one thing you wish that you hadn't done? The one thing that I would give people advice for is don't schedule things so far out after the book is out because you'll have less people showing up. And that's the one thing I did. I scheduled, like I put a lot of space between different appearances. And, you know, when I did things initially in the beginning, right when the book came out, there were a lot more people showing up because there's a lot more buzz about it. But doing things like a year after the book was out, it didn't make sense. So don't do that. That's the one thing I did that I'm like, you know, that it was still great to meet people, but you're you're going to find that the the buzz has died down a bit. So. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, and how many weeks was that again, Teresa? Like, how, what would you say is the cutoff date? I would say if you could have most of your book tour stuff done within the first two months of the book being out, I just think that's smarter. 
Don't stress okay. out further than that. Unless you're just going to places for classes and not treating it like part of the book tour. Got it. Okay. Super helpful. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of stuff to cover, and this year for people who are listening, hopefully they're going to be catching us as we are hitting the road for our books, Um, and I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to meet people and talk about the new stuff I'm doing, and I'm sure you are too, Brie. Absolutely, and you know what? We need to add one more thing, Teresa. This is really obvious, but easy to miss. If you have places that you're going for your book, you need to put those places on your website. Yes. Oh my God. And you know, also, you need, that's a really, I can't believe we didn't say that. Brie, you're so brilliant. Yes, you need to put it on your website. You also need to mention it in your newsletters. You need to put it on social media. You need to let people know you're coming to town. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I would recommend, we talked about creating a landing page for your book in one of our earlier shows this year. Check that show out. Look at our advice for creating a landing page. You need one for your book. And if you add the dates right there, then all the info is in one place. Hot tip. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is very smart advice. So Thanks with that, that said, absolutely, that wraps up this episode of Talking Shop. So, Teresa, what was your biggest takeaway from this discussion? Well, actually, frankly, the biggest takeaway was listening to your advice about traveling with kids because, you know, that's something that I never have to think about. And so I really loved your advice about the quality over the quantity. And I think, you know, that's actually advice that could fit to even for those of us who don't have small kids, but I just think that was just brilliant advice. So I love that. What about you? What was your What was the favorite thing that you talked about from what we just discussed? So I really loved your advice on, you know, not dragging it out. Yeah. You know, like you have, you know, you basically have a couple months and then you need to be wrapping it up. Now, if you want to go, like you said, if you want to go like workshop or teach or whatever, that's great. But like if you're seeing this as part of the book tour, like, you know, don't, don't drag it out forever. That's super helpful. Absolutely. And I think that's why I said that will um, be really good for anybody who's thinking about um, scheduling in a book tour. And I really think, again, I do want to say people should do a book tour. Do something. Do something to celebrate your book. A book launch party, you know, it's a big deal to get your book out there. And people want to know the person behind the book. So even if it is, it's online, just do something. Yes. Anyhow. Absolutely. We are going to close off, and before we sign off, a happy reminder. If you love Talking Shop, don't forget that you can listen to all the previous shows for free on iTunes or Stitcher and Google Play. Just look for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, and you're going to find all of the episodes there. You can also visit Talking Shop on my website, thetarolady.com. You're going to click on over to Podcast, hop on down to Talking Shop, and you're going to find all the stuff there. And Bree, where can they find Talking Shop on your site? So you guys head over to com. You are going to click on the nav bar that says free resources, and that will take you to all of the goodies, including the current Talking Shop show and the archive. And hey, everybody, if you like this show, could you do us a favor? Leave a kind review on iTunes, because this is going to help more metaphysical business owners find their way to Talking Shop. And that is going to help them out, which is what our goal is. All right, now, that is a wrap for this episode. 
Join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. Until then, you can find me, Teresa, at thetarolady.com. Bree, where can they find you? Everyone, you can find me at com. Thanks again for listening. Keep taking action to build the mystical businesses of your dreams. Stay on your grind and make it a great month. We know you will.